Welcome to the Amity Bible Church with our pastor, Dr. Les Smith, because our vision is to become the church that Christ intended it to be, to know God and to make him known as our mission. And we are committed to loving God, serving others, and are unashamedly obsessed with sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can always get the message online, YouTube, Facebook, and our podcast that's air on all major podcast platforms. Make sure you like and subscribe to all three. Pastor Martin wraps up our continuing series, The Tension Between Humanness and Holiness. Today's final sermon title is How to Resolve the Tension Between Humanness and Holiness. Turn to Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, as Pastor Martin dives deeper into the Word. This entire month, we've been on an exploratory journey of discovery to understand that there is a tension between holiness and humanness. Now, this is in line with our 30th century uh, humanity, which we understand that all of humanity is fallen and in need of the grace and the power that comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, during this series, we understand that uh, God's design his original design that he intended for mankind to live as a reflection of himself in holiness was corrupted in the Garden of Eden. It was corrupted by uh, a, an action of disobedience which brought on this sense of tension. Because until that point, the Bible says that, that when God made his creation, he said, and it was good. So we understand that Adam and Eve, when they were made, they were made perfect and there was no tension between good and evil. However, the act of disobedience introduced sin and then they had now this contingent, contingency between what I want to do and what God has designed me to do. Now, here's the reality that all of us here have been born into this challenge. Because we were made with a will, God gave us his will, gave us a will, and then he now submits to us his will and says, here's how I want you to live. And then we now wrestle with whether I will give up our will or if our will will trump his will. We've explored how mankind was created by God to live in holiness. But because of this conflict between our way, which we're calling humanness, and God's way, which we have determined to be holiness, that because of this conflict, our mind now has become the place of a battlefield, a battlefield to control and govern our lives. We've even been told by our pastor last week that we have to be careful because when we look back in the garden, we see that there was a talking snake who, as Eve listened long enough, influenced and impacted her thinking and her decision making. And then last week, Pastor Smith told us that, listen, here's how you resolve and deal with talking snakes. He said, you got to learn, meet me. Like the road runner, you got to get out of there. 
You can't sit and listen and listen and allow because the Bible is very clear when it says evil communication will corrupt good manner. So we deal with talking snakes by tuning them out. And if we can't tune them out, we get away. Now, this week, we are working through the conclusion of our sermon series. Because we will examine this week how mankind and more specifically Christians or born-again believers can actually deal with or resolve the conflict in our lives. Now, I will say to you today that this is a twofold sermon uh, because I'm going to teach first and then I'm going to illustrate what I'm teaching you today. So that I don't know if you, if you are a visual person, but I am very much so. I love to see visual and helps me to understand and bring the principle into clarity. So, so after we've gone through this, I'm going to invite a couple of our brothers later on to come up and help me out. Amen? Amen. So if our desire, here's the thing, if our desire is to resolve this conflict, then the Apostle Paul has given us in our text today, some advice on how to do that. He says, first, we must give our bodies, give our minds, and then, watch this now, it's going to be critically important that we also surrender our will. Let's look back at the text. He says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present, there it is, your bodies. What I'm going to do, ultimately, as, as the song was being sung, we see that, he, that, that the, the songwriter has pinned down the fact that when we understand, truly understand that we belong to God, that our life is not our own. So therefore, we, when, when Paul says we must present our bodies, is something that you have to be willing to make an intentional choice. Then he goes on to say, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Then he says in verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Here's the next one. By the renewing of your mind, you have to change your thinking, but your thinking has to also, once you submit your body and surrender your body, you got to surrender your mind. Because guess how your body gets around? Through the direction of your mind. And as you continue to, to understand how to change my mind or renew my mind, then he says, he goes on to say that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's where you say, my goal is not for my will to be done, but Father, that your will be done. So I present my body, then I surrender my mind, and then I've got to surrender my will. Now, that third one takes a little time because we all want to be, we hear ourselves saying, I'm stubborn. <laughs> because we have a will, we have the choice, we have the ability to do that. So we have to also, after surrendering our mind, surrender our will. The Father, not my will, but your will be done. That leads us to our first point for the day. Our first point today is that 
This all started with no tension. It started with no tension. Hey, we were sinners sinning and having a pretty good time at it. On the train, on hell's train, riding shotgun and waving as we went by. Because here's what Jesus says. Jesus says in John chapter 8, verse 34, he says, you are surely, I surely I say to you, he who sins is a slave to sin. We were just going on about sinning and being in sin. However, later on, he offers some hope because he says, but whom the son Verse 38, whom the son sets free is free indeed. Here's how Paul says it in Ephesians, if you understand that we were, there was no tension because we, we could sin and we didn't have a problem with it. We could sin and go home, climb in bed, pull the sheets up and snore as loud and never look back. Here's what Paul says. He says in Ephesians chapter two, verses one through three says, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. We were dead men walking and didn't know. We was, on, we was on death's train and didn't know it. Verse two, he says, in which you once, there it is, there's a key, there's an operative term, once walked according to the course of this world that that's how we used to be or that's supposed to be our testimony. Because there's some things we still find ourselves kind of gravitating to. Because he says we once walked according to the course of this world, that whatever was going on, we just went with it. But he says, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, verse three says, among whom also we also once conducted ourselves. Now stop there because we have to remember because God has now delivered us and brought us into the light. We have to be careful not to uh, be so difficult and so hard on those who are still in darkness. We must continue to remind ourselves that we have a responsibility of rescue. We were out and um, uh, we're at the beach and, and so they had a lifeguard out there and I looked up at him and I thought, I wonder if this guy can swim. He didn't look like he could save me if, 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 if a wave took me under. I, I just, I was wondering about that. But here's the thing. Even if I don't know that, I assume he has a responsibility to do all he can to rescue me if I'm drowning. 
Here's the reality that we all have to face as believers. Once we've come out of the darkness into life, we have a responsibility just as that lifeguard to make sure we're doing all we can to rescue those who are still drowning in sin. They're still drowning in sin. Because here's the reality that Paul goes on to say in verse four. But God. But God, who was rich in mercy because of his great love, which which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sin has made us alive together with Christ Jesus. By grace, we've been saved. So what creates the attention? I'm so glad you asked. Because we can answer that question with point number two. What creates the tension? Point two, salvation or being born again creates the tension. Because once again, you were in sin. You were, we were sinners, slave to sin. We were going about our lives, living our lives on our own terms. But once I get born again, then now I have a conflict because I now have God's spirit in me. And his spirit is, as Paul says, the spirit is lusting against this flesh, my humanness, my doing it my way and doing it God's way. Now, here's something that you need to be mindful of. One good way you say, Pastor, I just want to, I want to be sure I'm saved. I, I want to know that I'm ready for Jesus' return. One way to know that you are born again is when you feel the tension. If you're still going about all night long, lying, cheating, stealing, and doing, and get up the next morning and start over and never feel a sense of tension, You just might not have got it when you thought you got it. Because here's the thing. Paul describes this earlier in his letter to the Romans in chapter six, verse six. Here's what he says. He says, knowing this, that our old man was crucified. Now, understand this flesh, this flesh is, is kind of like a cat. You know, they say cat has has nine lives. And it's really intended to suggest that they just continue to, to get out of things. This flesh is like a cat because even though you kill it today, it don't stay dead. It's going to resurrect tomorrow. That's the, you you, you got to continually on a daily basis be crucifying that old man. He says, I've been crucified. The old man has been crucified with him that the body of sin may be done away with. Here's the key that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Here's the other thing that you can know you've been born again when you can say no to sin. Because he said, he said this new man has the ability. He ain't a slave being drug along in the sin. He can say no. I've got the power to say no. Because the new man is not a slave to sin. He also further describes this tension. In the seventh chapter of Romans in verse 23, he says it this way. 
He said, but I see then another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. Remember I said that our mind is a battleground? He says, there's this battle happening in my mind. The things that I don't want to do, it seems like that's the things that I'm doing. And the things that I go to do that are good, it seems that because I take me with me, let me clear this up for you. We have all, most of us, have attributed Paul's discussion there when he says that when I go to do good, evil is present. We've, we've assessed that to be the devil. Let me help you understand something. The devil is not mentioned in chapter 7. And he ain't mentioning him there. When he says, when I go to do good, you know what he's talking about? I take me. I take this flesh. When I go to do good, I'm taking this same flesh. Here's how this works. You have good attentions. God spoke to you and said, hey, go do this. Right? I'll use it this way. God told you to go bless someone. You're going to bless them something with a gift, right? But when you go see them, because in your mind, you think God is telling you to bless them because they're in need. But it just happens they got a new leather coat on. And Brother Glenn, you like uh, my little fifty dollars. Uh, seem like they're doing all right. So guess what happens, Brother Glenn? You go, the Lord said fifty. You go, you see the leather coat. You like uh, here, Brother Lord told me to give you this five dollars uh, to bless you with a sandwich. Why? Because when I go to do good, guess who's coming? My good intentions don't always come out the way I intended it. So watch this. He says, I find the law that brings me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. He said, in this flesh, he says, there's no good thing in it. And every time I'm going, this flesh is rising up. That's why Jesus says we must take up our cross daily. You ever been uh, just standing in the store and they've got some ambient music playing and, and a song come on? And that song remind you of something that ain't godly? And the, and the, and the lady at the checkout is trying to get your attention because you done went on down memory lane, Brother Johnny. You, you there, you. Is it sir? Sir? Yes, ma'am. Oh, oh yes, ma'am. Yes, 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 yes. Because guess what happens? The appetite is there because sin remembers. This flesh remembers. Which is why he says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. And then he says, and be transformed, here it is, here it is, by the renewing. You got to keep that mind fresh and new. You got to keep telling that mind, that's the old man, that ain't me no more. You got, so watch this, when that song hit, and after you come down memory lane, you got to get off, off memory lane, you can't stay. Because memory lane goes to Avenue. <laughs> Avenue becomes Speedway, and then before you know it, you're on the highway. Highway to. Why? Because he says you have to renew this mind. So here's what Paul tells us. 
Because if we ask this question, we ask the question first, thank you for asking, you know, what creates attention? Here's another question. So why exactly is there tension? Man, you guys are asking some excellent questions today. Because in order to answer that, we got to go back to verse 2 of Romans chapter 12. Look what he says. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. There's the tension. Our tendency is to conform. And the Spirit of God is saying, be transformed. There's so many messages that are going forth in our society. And we have to be mindful not to conform to the things that are not biblically correct. But be transformed. Watch this now. The transform, transformation happens intentionally. You don't just wake up transformed. Okay, ladies, help me out. At seven, when you got out of bed this morning, you didn't look like you looking now, did you? You didn't look that way, did you? That was some work. You had to put some intentional work into what you did, right? So guess what? He says, if you're going to transform, it's going to be because you're intentional about the transformation. Because you don't have to be intentional about conforming. You just exist. The old statement says, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything because you are going to naturally just merge into what's going on around you. Here's a note. Please write this down. Holiness is only accomplished by the power of the Holy Spirit and regularly feeding upon the Word of God. The transformation we're talking about, the Holy Spirit is given to you as your change agent. But you have to make sure you're giving him something to work with. So we have to feed upon the word of God and allow the word of God to impact us. Here's, here's something to, 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 to take, take home with you. If I live life allowing the Holy Spirit to lead me, that's how my transformation happens. Because here's the thing. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, Paul says, walk in the spirit. He says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I know you say, well, what does that mean? What he's meaning there is to walk, living your life, allowing the Holy Spirit to lead. Now, I know some people might say, well, oh, that means walking in the Spirit. That means you need to always be a spiritual. And certainly, you should always be aware and, 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 and aware of the Holy Spirit's power and presence. But it should not become something that you then make such a display about. Because I hear people say, they, I, hear, I hear the Spirit of God speaking. Shh, shh. I hear God speaking. If you needed to shush people to hear God, you might be too far from Him. Because our responsibility is to stay within earshot of God's voice. And that's done 
As we walk with Christ, as we spend time in the Word, as we continue to allow His power and presence to permeate in our lives. Walk in the Spirit, he says. And then verse 18, he says, and be led by the Spirit, allowing the Spirit of God to lead us. So we can only pursue holiness by allowing the Holy Spirit of God to lead us. Now, I need to say this because Paul also has said that he that has not the Spirit of Christ is not his. If the Holy Spirit has not been given, then you have to ask the question, have I truly received Christ? Because when he comes in, he comes in, and now you have this, 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 this part of God living inside of you. The next thing you can pursue, we can only pursue holiness if, if we are, are feeding upon the word of God, which allows the Holy Spirit, the power, it empowers him to impact our lives. Because here's what Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 26. I need to run along. He says, but, but the helper, the Holy Spirit who, who, whom the Father will send in my name, Watch this. He will teach you all things, and here it is, and bring back to your remembrance all the things that I've taught you. You cannot bring something back to your remembrance that you, don't, you never remembered. You ever saw some, seen someone uh, 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 come in contact with someone that you... You, you think you've seen them before, but you don't know their name. You try to say, is your name uh, Stuart? Oh, no, it's John. Oh, John. It couldn't come back because you never knew John. We can only have the Holy Spirit working and empowering us and bring it back to our remembrance things that we've actually spent time in the Word. That's how he's able to bring back to your remembrance what you need when you need it. Let's move on. That brings us to point number three, my last point of the day. We resolve the tension by surrender. Look at verse 1, Romans 12 and 1. Look what he says. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. And I want to stop there. He says, present. God's not going to snatch you up and wrestle you down and say, give me your life. Give me your body. He says that you present. Now, to help, you, help me with this, I've asked a couple brothers to help me, and they're going to come out and help to demonstrate this uh, so I can illustrate this message for you. So because of COVID-19, we've got this uh, in the sterile bag, and we're going to practice uh, as best we can, keeping things safe. Amen? Amen? Amen. Now, Brother Jesse is going to represent the flesh or the part of us, uh, our humanness, that part that continues to want to do it its way. Brother Terry is going to represent the Holy Spirit's power working in the believer. Would you reach in there and just take that out for me? And take both handles. See, when we are not born again and we're sinners, 
There's no tension. We have both handles and we're just riding and doing things our way. As I said that we are, when we get born again and God puts his spirit in us, then he, we now, something happens. Would you come, Brother Terry, and would you take one of those handles and take a couple steps to your left? Now, I want you to see something here. Now that the Holy Spirit has come, there's tension. Because now I still have this desire to do things my way and to live on my own terms. But notice before when I was still in sin and still a sinner, I had both handles. But now there's someone else in the equation. It used to be that I would just do what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it, when I wanted to do it. But now that I've got the Holy Spirit in me, he said, wait a minute, wait a minute, hold up. You can't just do it your way. And that creates tension. And here's the thing. Unless we understand that our goal should not be to add more tension it should be to resolve the tension. But watch this now. If you both would take one step to your, to your right and to your left, the further we get away from that which God has given us to do and what we desire to do or what the world's messages are influencing our decisions to do, the tension continues to increase. And we said a few weeks ago that all of us have a breaking point. We have to understand that we cannot live under these conditions in fellowship, in right fellowship with God, because at some point, the break or the influence of the Holy Spirit will be so lessened that we will then move on into that which is not pleasing to God. But according to what Paul says, he says, you must present your bodies a living sacrifice. And we can only pursue this by allowing the Holy Spirit to work in us and the word of God to permeate through us. Now, what I want you to do, you stay where you are because the standard of God is always the same. It's not for God to move closer to us. In order for this tension to be relieved, we have to make, take two steps this way. The tension is a little less. Take two more steps. The tension is a little less. Take two more steps. The tension is less. Here's the thing. What Paul is telling us to do is that we must relieve the tension altogether by just handing the other handle. See, when I hand my life, my will, my mind, when I give it all to him, 
then there's no more tension. Why? Because he has the reins and I'm allowing him to lead me and guide me and direct me and to do the will of God. Thus, I'm able to walk in the holiness of God. Because I've relieved my tension by surrendering, handing to, not wrestling from, but handing to, he says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Amen. Bless your brothers. Thank you. So here's the thing. One last note. To resolve the tension, we must commit to a continuous regimen of daily surrender and of self-denial. Because as I said earlier, this flesh resurrects. So on a daily basis, I've got to say, Lord, today I surrender again. Lord, today I surrender again. Lord, today I surrender again. Here's what Jesus had to say about it in, in, in Luke chapter 9, verse 22 and 23. He says, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Verse 23, then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. That's self-denial. And we have to die, he says, and take up his cross. And follow me. Daily deny, daily die. Say it with me. Daily deny, daily die. Every day I've got to be on a mission to crucify, crucify this flesh. But here's the thing. The, the ability to surrender and to yield all to God, it starts with God's love. Understanding that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Here's what he says. And here's what Paul says in Romans chapter 5, verse 8 through 11. He says, but God demonstrated his own love toward us. And while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, that when we were in this place where we had the reins and, and God had no reign in our lives, We had an awesome time in the Lord, and we pray that you did as well, and want to thank you for visiting the Amity Bible Church. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us, or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, we hope to see you then. Be blessed.